0: Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast.
1: you know, let's talk about NPS, which is a big topic. I think uh, there's a lot of people who talk about this all the time. Um, What subject line have you used that has resulted in a high open rate? Um, And I would love to even take that a step further. Like even outside of email, you know, email communications, are there other things that you're introducing to your, um, you know, to your customers to try and help increase You know, participation in those types of surveys. Uh, I was going to ask Jody to come off of mute, but I think she is not in right now. Uh, But any anybody um, have any good kind of feedback here? Anything that you've used before? Uh, Do you do as you know, CSMs? Is there anything that you all do to to help make sure and uh, actually get participation on NPS? That might be a little bit different. Uh, You've seen kind of move the needle. Uh, Any ideas that you guys all have here um, around this? Awkward turtle time.
2: I can can chime in. I I do something a little bit differently. Um, I've created a waste of the customer program that doesn't send out a survey. What we do is schedule it and we're we're pretty high touch, but we schedule a conversation with our primary points of contact and essentially walk through survey type questions, but keep it very conversational. Uh, I've had so far phenomenal feedback on it with the exception of one person. So I think those are pretty good numbers. Uh, and I created a survey, uh, just in a survey monkey and, and we use that, to, and then, you know, once I'm, I, I'll tell them, Hey, you're going to hear clicks away to keyboard, words. I'm trying to capture your thoughts. Uh, and then I go and put that information into the survey. So I'm actually filling out the survey. Um, and then, you know, we can go ahead and correlate all the information on the back end. So it's, it's there, but that's, that's actually worked out very well.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I'm curious too, um, Josh, if you feel like from that standpoint, uh, I don't know, do you, I guess at the same time, do you feel like there are some customers who might be holding back um, on some of those, since you, since you are, you know, doing it kind of human to human or over, a, you know, a zoom call, do you feel like there's some, uh, kind of holding back there where they might not want to have kind of confrontation with you on the phone? Uh, or do you feel like you've also been able to actually get some of the negative feedback out into the open that has kind of, uh, you know, generated good discussion, which is what it's intended to do?
2: Yeah. The, the latter, um, it has provided them a vehicle to have that human inter- interaction and, we do ask for their rating, if you will, on their specific analyst that they work with regularly. Uh, And we let them know, we want to hear the good, the bad and the ugly because then we can address it. Uh, And and we say, you know, the intention of this conversation is not to slap anybody's wrist. It's for us to understand what you're truly going through so we can adapt and improvise and and move forward. So they've been very receptive to that. And and thankfully, you know, I don't hear a ton of critique and, and I go into these knowing already what their thoughts are. On the analyst or our company, or our services, um, so I have an idea. But they have certainly provided some candid feedback at times, uh, and it's and it's gone very well, and it's it's given us it's afforded us an opportunity to address that uh, real time.
1: Yeah, I I love the um, idea behind this too because I think the more that you can actually make it kind of uh, I know you're consistently looking for feedback all the time, but I think also the more that you can make it a concrete event that they can actually you can say, hey, we're going to have this meeting, and this is all this is what the meeting is designed for. It's not. Uh, it's not like we're going to ask you for feedback after a three hour long meeting, right? Like we're specifically going to have a 15, 20, 30 minute conversation around this feedback uh, because I oftentimes think that we kind of jam it in where we can, right. You've kind of got surveys going out, which, you know, when are they really going to have time to do it? And also if you're going to do it after certain meetings that you have, I think it also kind of gets, might get lost in the shuffle. So I like the fact that you're making this an event that you can actually tout as well, maybe to say, Hey, you know, along as you're a customer with us, like you can expect this type of meeting at these types of intervals or, and and it becomes something that they can actually um, bring maybe their, Uh, more cohesive thoughts into like they can actually prepare themselves to have uh, feedback. Cause I oftentimes find too, when you just ask for feedback uh, without preparation, then they're just kind of struggling. They kind of grasp at straws as to like, well, what should I really tell you? Uh, So I like that point.
2: Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. When we onboard a customer, I give them a heads up that this is what we're going to do after a period of time. So they're already expecting it. I've set that expectation. I followed through with that expectation. And then just like everything we do in the CS world, if there's any action items that come out of it, I make sure to follow up on each and every one or give them updates if I haven't been able to resolve something. So, you know, it's, it's always key to follow up uh, and make sure that's communicated too.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Josh. Yep. Um, or Joshua. Sorry. Um, Bertel, looks like you got your hand raised. What are some of your thoughts here?
0: Yes. Hi, everyone. Um, so at Gartner, we have an interesting. We don't have a proper NPS in place, but um, the strategy here is to directly jump into what is the outcome of the of an NPS for the vendor. And what we did is. One, we're obviously gathering um, insights from the client to adjust our pricing product and so on. But we put together a portal called Peer Insights. And it's a bit naughty, but essentially it's a free platform for all vendors to essentially benchmark um, uh, each vendors provide content and um, rank them. Essentially, it's kind of doing your what are you doing with your Uber um, uh, drivers? You rank them, you put comments and so on. And essentially, what it does, and I feel which is relates to the NPS, is we are actually end up to be everywhere, in the sense that because you don't need to be a client to have access to this peer inside, it's important as a gardener to be um, to be approved, validated, and to be transparent with other clients. And so this is how we, this is one of our strategy to essentially grow our network, close more clients by leveraging this platform, just to say, Hey, everyone is working with us. You have to work with us. And essentially this is our way to connect with new prospect and get the word out.
1: Awesome. I like that. Um, it's an interesting take or interesting angle, um, to, how you guys have, I mean, not exactly NPS, but you're trying to uh, kind of solicit some, some of the similar information that you can at least mm-hmm. benchmark, give it out at a larger um, larger frequency to a larger number of subsets. Um, one of the things that we're doing here at Higher Logic, we're trying to move towards, I think this kind of answers Carm's question um, in the chat window. We're moving towards surveying customers every single month. Um, and so that's another thing that we're trying to get out of is, I think sometimes uh, we've heard in the past how companies are thinking about just NPS Maybe during June, no matter where you are in your customer lifecycle, you get it, and then maybe during uh, December. So just like twice a year, but they're just doing all their customers at those two times. So what we're trying to do is actually take one twelfth of our customer base every single month um, and go through and do NPS, so that we actually have a more consistent feedback loop, so that we can actually follow up back to Joshua's point. Like if we do one twelfth, then we actually have a manageable amount of, of you know feedback coming in that we can respond to directly. We can actually look into some of the issues. If we make it too much of a, you know, I guess tent poles happening just twice a year, then um, we're kind of caught in this idea where now we've got thousands of requests at one time, and then we're all just struggling for, you know, three months to get that stuff back to a customer. So that's just how we're approaching it um, at Higher Logic is kind of one-twelfth of the customer base, um, you know, all throughout. And then we also have a cadence in there where we're going to only reach out to you at most twice a year. Um, in that 12 month cycle. So uh, if we hit you kind of month one, then we're also going to hit you in month six or eight, seven or eight. Um, and so we're trying to coordinate that also with the, the life cycle of um, the customer journey as well. So trying to think about where that fits uh, into there. Then we also have some other CSAT surveys that we're sending kind of after onboarding. Um, and, but I do like Joshua's point of trying to get those. We actually have some enterprise customers where we do them just on the phone. Um, so trying to figure out how to do that, how does that um, kind of fit in there as well. And, and
2: we, one thing to add to that, we've got our executive stakeholder points of contact and we've got our operational points of contact. We, yep. we stick more towards the executive stakeholder points of contact right now, just because of time and prioritization. The plan is down the road to integrate something like this with the operational points of contact as well. That may be a conversation or that may be a, a survey combined yeah. with the conversation with the executive stakeholders.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great point you made too. Just thinking about the audience, um, I know we're we're going through a lengthy data exercise ourselves in our Salesforce um, instance to try and go through and make sure we have the right stakeholders identified so that we can actually get down to that level of detail. Um, the other thing I was going to mention too, and I think Alex Wolpa, I think you had mentioned a question too about if anybody's doing in-product NPS. Uh, we have we we currently do not do in-product NPS. Um, I think we we might be looking into it. Uh, our product team is interested in potentially leveraging that, but I also think um to me it might you might be asking um slightly different questions like if it's in the product i might expect it to be a little bit more product oriented rather than um thinking about kind of relationship and some of the other aspects potentially i don't know i'm just thinking about that as like a user um out loud so uh, i don't know if that was alex Wolpe or if that was alex there Bear. Hopefully, this, hopefully that's right taber yeah good try. yeah if anybody um i we just launched our MPS program uh 2 weeks ago and we're using email surveys um, we're getting a little bit lower of a response rate than I thought, which could be it's the first time it's vaguely the holidays. Um, but we're, we're looking at moving more of our onboarding experience into the product itself using something like Pendo and, uh, you know, if anybody has strong feelings about this, feel free to reach out to me because I'm hearing very conflicting information and, and, um, I'm interested in learning more to see if, if we do want to move it, um, into that. Yeah. Uh, I would love to talk to you about that. That is something that we're not only the NPS piece, but we're taking our onboarding experience at higher logic and we're putting it into Pendo uh, right now so that we can actually have a, a more guided onboarding approach in the product itself. Um, so I would love to, I just took that project on here uh, pretty much last week. Uh, so uh, we're moving pretty quick on that, but I would love to talk more about that if we can uh, find some time. So I'll try and reach out to you, Alex. It'd be awesome. Well, cool. thanks Jeff. Uh, awesome. All right. Stuart has a question. What is the relation between automation and CSM success? I'm hoping Stuart's still on here and he is not. He dropped. Stuart, Stewart, are you on just under a different name? Going once, going twice.
3: No, but Jeff, uh, that actually came up in, in our group conversation. So I was oh, there cool. with Stuart when we were talking about it. In fact, I think we'd seen it in Slido before. So uh, yeah, the question really was like, what is that balance? Like how do we leverage automation to, better make our personal reach outs our personal touches uh, more meaningful right like if we do everything automated then you know we're just basically bot spamming people right so how do we yeah. how do how do we make that balance what does that balance look like and are there any suggestions that other people have about this is the best the best way to kind of do that at scale
1: yeah i'd love to see if there's anybody um, kind of what what parts of the, maybe the customer journey are you on board or are you automating like what types of reach outs um, potentially where are you um, getting some of those automations I'll give you a quick glimpse of just things that we're doing um, just to give somebody time to raise their hands. But um, again, we're a community software company. So uh, some of the automations that we have built in is um, our customers essentially get added into a customer community of ours. And so that process is actually automated. They'll get an email that says, Hey, you've been added to this community. Uh, They can go there for like peer discussions and other things. But then um, one thing that we're trying to work on is just more um, automation around events that we have upcoming. So if you're registered for an event, something similar to Luma, which you guys are probably getting annoyed by those emails, but um, I personally like, which is like an hour before the event, it sends you a reminder, you know, uh, five minutes before. Again, it might annoy you, but I think it's worked out well for us um, in terms of driving more attendance. And I think we're trying to figure out how to leverage something similar. Um, another thing that we're trying to, to figure out right now, kind of back to Alex's point earlier is um, how do we get more maybe into product? And so how do we leverage Pendo and some of the automation that we might be able to create there? So I think it's minor things, but having a resource center that's directly embedded into the admin experience of our software uh, where they can go and add a soft, you know, they can go add a ticket right from there. They can kind of get to other areas of the platform that they need to, um, help desk, knowledge base, the community, uh, other announcements that we might be putting. And so we're trying to also think about um, how could we automate messages to the right people? So if we have the right contact ID in Salesforce or wherever else, like how do we push an actual message into Pendo uh, directly into the product um, that can help us there as well. So we're trying to think about I guess some of the things through email, some things that are event based or community based, and then some that are in product um, that we're trying to leverage as well. So, those are a couple of things that we're, we're thinking about right now. Um, and in that time, nobody's raised their hand yet. So, it's left me very sad. Um, if anybody has any other ways that you're trying to leverage, um, you know, looking at some of the automation that you can have, um, you know, outreach, we do have Gainsight as well, Nathan. So, we are leveraging some minor automation in some of the emails that we have, some of the outreaches. Um, one thing that we're also looking into is Calendly for our CSMs. So when you do reach out, actually having Calendly embedded for our CSM so that our customers could actually just schedule something on your calendar uh, and then setting up some rules around that. So uh, you can set up things like, you know, you have a 30 minute buffer before this meeting so that you can actually research for the first 30 minutes before you actually hop into a meeting with your customer, uh, making sure you've got enough time in your day. You haven't scheduled too many. So um, there's a couple of things that we're we're looking at right now um just to totally take over that question and answer it but anybody else have any any thoughts hey, well, I'll, Jeff. I'll, I'll, oh yeah oh go ahead Patrick. 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 i'm sorry what was the name of that software you were just talking about uh calendly c a l e n d l y uh another one's called mixmax and then there's another one that's called chili piper uh, i would look into okay and
0: I'll, thank
1: I'll write you. those i'll write those into the chat window right now just so you see yeah
3: I'll just I'll just uh, double tap on what Jeff was just saying. We actually do use Calendly for exactly that. Um, we have that all embedded in our reach outs and stuff so that uh, our customers can reach back out directly to the CSS or CSM that is doing the reach out. So it's personalized and it's going right on their calendar. So it does work pretty well. Uh, we're also maybe looking at implementing outreach, um, which is kind of more of a sales tool, um, but outreach also has some of the same capabilities as Calendly does. And so we're looking at maybe that as an option, but I haven't decided that either.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot, uh, some of these tools, like some of the sales engagement tools are starting to have um, a lot of implications in the CS world. Uh, we're using a tool called Gong. Um, so Gong records calls. It's generally been used to sales software. So we're using it on our CSM side. You can set up automated triggers. Uh, so we have triggered keywords that happen. So if a competitor gets announced, if, um, you know, CSM is talking about renewals, we look for certain keywords, but Gong has been, uh, I'll agree with Alex, she just wrote this in the um, in the chat window, but it's been... We've only had it for probably two or three weeks. So I can't say it's been uh, transformative like you have, Alex, but I think it's pretty strong so far in terms of what we've been able to do. Um, You know, I don't go listen to all the calls that our CSMs are having, but, you know, the ability to hop in, kind of see keywords that have mentioned, um, be able to kind of trigger certain reporting that we're looking at, um kind of understanding different call types that we have so is it an ebr versus a maybe a survey call like josh's uh, josh was talking about earlier and so being able to see who's talking more on those calls right how do we coach things into our csm uh, so that's another one that's just out there that uh, we're trying to leverage as well cool well um we are right here at time, so appreciate everybody joining uh, for another CSM Office Hours. We've got a CS Leadership Office Hours on Thursday, um, so if you want to join 1130, uh, a little bit more geared towards leadership topics, um, You know, managing teams, thinking about some of the bigger picture strategy type discussions, so um, feel free to join. It's certainly not... Uh, it's not anything that's closed off. We're uh, open and free. So uh, feel free to join in there. Make sure to go back to the community, Gang Grow, Retain. There have been some awesome discussion threads. I was actually talking to Jay this morning. There's been some great discussions that have been happening in Gang Grow, Retain. Uh, so go there, make sure you're joined up and um, add to any of the comments, discussions that we have going on. And then uh, otherwise, we'll see you here again next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gang Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.